Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you today. For communion this morning, I want to start off by asking you to remember one of the rules from geometry. I know, I lost most of the crowd right there. Sorry about that. (laughs) In geometry, it is a well-known rule that all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Oh, good, I had more of you than I thought. There were a bunch of people mouthing it to me. Thank you for that. That's just kind of one of those things. It's just the definitions. It's kind of a semantics type of thing. But it's an important rule if you actually work in the realm of geometry in some way. If you're building stuff or crafting stuff or something like that, you do actually need to know that sort of thing. That rule that there is kind of a bigger category and a subcategory within it. Okay, They essentially have the same nature, but the definitions do matter. I want to take that same logic from the realm of geometry, and I want to apply it to the realm of theology this morning, which is a realm where all of us work because we are the children of God. And what I want to do is talk a little bit about mercy and grace. Because you could make a case with that exact same flow of thought that all mercy is grace, but not all grace is mercy. And here's what I mean by that. When you think through the logic of that, mercy is what we would call a deferred punishment. Okay, It's when somebody deserves to be punished in some way, and yet, for whatever reason, by whoever's power, that punishment is just foregone. We're going to cancel that. We're going to just get rid of it. It's not going to be enacted. Even though it's right that it would be, we're just going to get rid of that punishment and allow mercy to rule the day. Grace takes that a step further. Where not only has the punishment been foregone and deferred in some way, but now grace gives gifts on top of that. Grace is what we have classically defined, at least in the churches where I have grown up, as unmerited favor. And I like that definition. It's very helpful because I haven't done anything to deserve gifts from God, and yet He has given them in such abundance. And there are plenty of people in my life that I could point to and say exactly the same thing about them, that I haven't deserved what they've given me, but they've given me good blessings, good gifts in spite of that. And so you can kind of see it, right? That all mercy is part of grace, but grace extends beyond mercy. Now, why am I asking you to think about those definitions? Because when we come to the Lord's Supper, and specifically when we come to the story of Christ the true story of God sending him to redeem us from our sins, we get both. And we get both just in the three days that pass from the cross to the empty tomb. We get mercy and grace shown to us uh, in abundance in both cases. The The remarkable feature, one of the remarkable features rather, of God's plan is that mercy is shown to us on the cross. Because it was on the cross that God gave the perfect sacrifice to redeem us from sin, to defer the punishment that we deserve, every single one of us, for our sins. It was there that His blood was shed. It was there that His body was broken in order that we might not suffer the eternal punishment we rightly deserve for the sins we commit. That, brothers and sisters, is an abundance of God's mercy. Now take that one step further. When three days pass and the sun is rising on a Sunday morning and the grace of God is shown in the fact 
that the apostles, one of whom outran the other, when they both got to the tomb and they looked in there, they saw that the tomb was empty. From the cross we receive the mercy of God that He defers the punishment we deserve. From the empty tomb we see the grace of God that not only has He said, okay, you don't have to go to hell as though that were a small thing, but now He has said, and I will give you eternity in my own presence with abundant gifts all along the way. All mercy is grace. Not all grace is mercy, but God gives us an abundance of both in Jesus Christ. And so my hope for us this morning is that as we partake of the Lord's Supper, as we eat and drink together, that we will truly be grateful for both elements of God's blessing to us. That we are thankful for the mercy that's shown to us and that we do not have to spend eternity away from God's presence uh, in the unquenchable fire and all the other descriptions that are given there. But we get to spend eternity and this life in fellowship with God, that we are blessed by His grace with the promise of our own resurrection, that someday we can stand with Him in eternal glory, ready to spend all of eternity with Him. The song that Dad just led, Christ, we do all adore Thee. We have every reason to adore Him and to be thankful to Him and to look to Him as the source, as the greatest gift of uh, the source of all of our blessings. And so let these words ring in your mind this morning as you eat and drink with Christ. These are from Second John chapter 1. There only is one chapter. Second John and verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Thank God for His mercy and grace in the cross and in the empty tomb. And this morning as you eat, may we be blessed with thankful hearts that truly honor and adore Christ for what He's done for us.